Gospels to Matthew chapter 10. This morning we shared two chapters. Tonight we shall share one verse. Matthew chapter 10 and verse 42, the last verse of the chapter, where Jesus is speaking. And he says, And whosoever shall give to drink one of these little ones a cup of cold water only in the name of a disciple, verily I say unto you, he shall in no wise lose his reward. It's been said that many churches have about 20% of the membership that does 100% of the work. I've heard that a lot of times. I've seen that a lot of times. I haven't seen that here. Not here at Lakeway. We've, had, we've been blessed with a lot of people that serve the Lord in many ways and want to. There are many hardworking members in this church. As I think about vacation Bible schools that we have every summer, it seems as though there's almost as many workers as there are children attending vacation Bible school. It's almost one-to-one uh, ratio in that. And in Christmas plays, we just have kids of all ages participating in this and everything that goes into it gets a whole lot of people working. The dinners for our camp fundraisers that we've recently have, there, there's people that work very hard in this. It's a time to teach the kids to work hard, but there's so many adults that work hard as well. Um, you know, there's there are many active in the work of the Lord. When you think about teachers, some a member of the church just complimented so many Sunday school teachers that teach the word of God so well here and, and laboring in the word of God is a blessed thing to do. And there's many that do it. There are many that are active in the work of the Lord, and it's a very great blessing. There's something that goes along with being active in the work of the Lord, though, and that is also the the art of the work in the Lord, if you will. The art of uh, the art to our work. That's not to say that our work in the Lord is complicated. Jesus explains it very simply here when he talks about our service, when he talks about us as children of God. It couldn't be more simple than what he says here. It may be that maybe sometimes people make the work more complicated than what it should be. So maybe we can just consider tonight some simplicity in service and get back to some basics and and have our minds focused in the right way of how we serve the Lord and how we are to. And and so in this simplicity in service, the first thing I would like us to look at is the simplicity of the servant. It says, and whosoever, that means anyone any child that covers everybody, everyone who is saved can serve the Lord. There's evidence of it right there. Everyone can serve the Lord. Everyone should serve the Lord, is called to serve the Lord, is commanded to serve the Lord, is demanded to serve the Lord. Paul considered himself a bondservant. He had a duty and an obligation to others to serve the Lord by serving them. And so it is a duty and an obligation. 
However, the child of God just doesn't seem to look at it that way. It's an opportunity. It is our duty, but it's an opportunity and we want to serve. We want to serve others is the attitude. We're, we're desirous of it. And anyone can serve. There's simplicity in the, of the servant. Anyone can do this. But as we move on, you will find the simplicity of the one served. And that is one of these little ones. Now, whenever little ones is mentioned here, this is not talking about little kids, though little kids can be involved in this. We, there was the baptism of a young lady this morning because she trusted in Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior. And she was taught about Jesus from her family. She also had Sunday school teachers that taught her about the Lord Jesus Christ. What a wonderful service to be a part of and a help to work in the lives of children. But this isn't just specifically talking about children here. Whenever we see little ones, this is actually talking about, well, you could say Jesus' disciples at the very time that he wrote this. I mean, they were not proved yet. They were in training. A disciple is a learner. And they were in training. So, so when we look at this idea of, of little ones, it, they, they, it, was, it was these disciples or any child of God that's in the testing or in the proving stage and process. The, the idea behind little ones and the definition of it is that of a low estate. The word humble goes along with what's being said of little ones. You know, those of no important status and station in life. I'm not saying we're to look at one another that way. Of course we're not. But, but those that do not hold prominent positions or those that are not uh, mature and grown in the Lord. That's what we mean when we're talking about little ones. Serving people that you wouldn't expect to be able to do something for you in return. Little ones, those maybe not capable of doing maybe what you can do. You know, there's a there's a great sincerity in the simplicity of these served being the little ones. When you're serving someone and there's not that you're thinking about what they might do back for you in return. But if there's a probability that nothing would be done in return, there's such a beautiful sincerity in that. When you're serving someone just to serve them, just to do what you're supposed to be doing. I love the ministry of this church over at the Villas that's been going on for 13 years now because it's really hard to find something selfish in it from the members of the church that go over there. They labor over a stove and they cook all day and we take it and, and we, we serve and we worship and we sing and we share the Word of God with the people over there. And there's a simplicity in the servant there and a simplicity in the serve, uh, served. It, no wrong motive can be found. We're not to serve someone because of the importance of the person. We're to serve someone because of who they belong to. They're a child of God and they belong to the Lord. You know, anyone can serve the Lord and we're to serve everyone who belongs to the Lord. And there's a clarity in this we need to understand concerning the simplicity of the served. He mentions the little ones, those those lowly, those humble. We're to, we're to serve all and we're to serve everyone. James touches on this subject as I go over there for just a minute. 
In James chapter 2, verses 2 through 4, as James is writing to these Christians, he says, For if there come unto your assembly a man with a gold ring in goodly apparel, and there come in also a poor man in vile raiment, and ye have respect to him that weareth the gay clothing, and say unto him, Sit thou here in a good place, and say to the poor, Sit thou there, or sit here under my footstool, are ye then, are ye not then partial in yourselves and are become judges of evil thoughts? We're complicating and corrupting the simplicity of service if we're a respecter of persons. Serve the little ones. With, with no respect as persons. Serve those of low degree. The little indignity is within the definition and the meaning of the verse. A little nobody disciple. Don't look at them that way. Serve them. Serve them in the Lord. They're God's child. Serve the little ones. There was a man that, this is told as a true story, that a man walked into a church. and, And I believe we ought to wear our best to God's church. No doubt about it. But this man walked into a church and he sat down and and his pants had a few holes in them and his shirt was a little dirty and his appearance wasn't wasn't as you might expect uh, everyone else's to be in the church. It was a little different and he was greeted by no one except one usher and that's because he was kind of put on the spot face to face with him and he kind of kind of set him off in the corner and indirectly made a comment about his appearance and and that a little hint to where maybe he would come back dressed or looking a little differently. No one, no one in the congregation made eye contact with him. He just sat in the corner. And then he left after the service. He came back the following week and walked in, ran into that same usher. He kind of helped him and, and, and as politely as he could, set him off in, in the corner. And finally, someone made eye contact with the man toward the end of the service. And the man had a name that that name had been mentioned all through that church for many years. It was the man that God used to start the work that they were in 45, 50 years later. So when someone recognized who he was, they went right up to him and others went up to him and and they're talking to him so differently now once they realize who he is. And the first comment out of his mouth was, well, I just thought I would stop by and see how y'all are doing in the work of the Lord. As the story goes, the church repented and they broke out in a revival and broke out of their respecter of persons attitude, which is something that every one of us have to watch out for. We're to serve everyone because they're our father's children, those that are in the Lord. But we not only see the simplicity of the servant here and the simplicity of the served, but we see the simplicity of the service as we look back. And it's speaking of giving to drink a cup of cold water only in the name of of a disciple. Now, when Jesus was talking about faith in, in another part, he was talking about 
having faith as a grain of a mustard seed. That's the smallest thing that came to his mind when he said that. And now as he's talking about our, our service and the simplicity of our service, he brings up the most simple act of service that I guess was on his mind at the time. And, and that is giving a cup of cold water. Giving a cup of cold water to emphasize the precise account made, that is made by the Lord for our works. He can, he considers this something good. He, this is something that Jesus doesn't overlook. Just the giving of a cup of cold water, serving someone with a moment of a refreshment to their mouth and to their body. Just handing them a cup of cold water. It doesn't go unnoticed. It's a little thing to do. It's a very simple thing to do. And Jesus commends it. And He elevates the deed that is done. It's so simple, yet sometimes people seem to complicate these things. Jesus says, before He speaks the model prayer over in Matthew 6, He says, when you pray, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets that they may be seen of men. Verily, I say unto you, they have their reward. Some people have to be the center of attention in any kind of service to the Lord. Now, don't go picking on Brother Tim because he didn't choose to be a minister of music. That, that's where God placed him. He stands right in front of you uh, at least three times a week. You know, and that's just the position he's in. He can't help that. But some people would choose a position and be persuaded by what they do because of the attention that they could get from others in the process of doing so. Or or if something is done in private where, where only this person and that person knows what's going on, next thing you know, it's stated and it's broadcasted so that everyone might know the deed that they did. I'm not saying that's always in the wrong motive that that's done or comes up or is said, but unfortunately you have an attitude that complicates the simplicity of service in the Lord sometimes. And that's not impressive to the Lord, nor is it the simple instructions that Jesus gives for service to him by serving someone else. You know, if, if, For someone to serve the Lord, it takes a lot of people to attend whatever ministry that they serve in. That's that's a a requirement that that goes on with some people that doesn't go on with the Lord. If that's the case, the motive for service must be examined because we understand different things in the Bible about it. Someone gave me a book to read a couple of years ago. He asked me to make sure I returned it because it's the only copy he had. I still have it about three years later. Don't loan me any books. I need to get it back to him. But it was about a preacher. I don't know much about him. I don't know what he teaches. I'm not saying I back what he teaches. His name was um, William Rogers. And the man that loaned me the book to read knew him. And 
he started talking about him and he said, oh, yeah, Brother Rogers, he preached revivals all over the place. There are several hundreds in attendance to the revivals, even a thousand in attendance at some revivals that he preached. He said, but then there were some revival meetings that he went to only to attend and he would drive several states away to get to the meeting. And there would be no more than 25 in attendance there every night of the week. But he wanted to go and he went to faithfully meet with the people of God. He had the right idea. He, God called him to preach in front of many people. But he would also attend a small meeting with brothers and sisters in Christ. Because they were important. Because a, a number doesn't matter. Because we're to serve one another. The man was motivated by unconfused, uncontaminated, simple Christian service. Let's just get to the basics tonight and and realize and and come back to how simple Christian service is. Think about Jesus and the and the woman at the well who Eric sang about this morning. You know, the the disciples went to the marketplace. They went to the shambles to to get some meat. They were hungry and and they figured Jesus was going to go with them. But he he didn't go. You know, he could have went down to the marketplace and he could have found a big crowd of people to preach to and to tell the truth to or or to, or to perform something miraculous in front of them. But instead, he sat with someone at the well of low degree who other Jews wouldn't even speak to. And he shared the words of truth one on one with this person who came to the Lord Jesus Christ. Those disciples came back and he didn't need anything to eat. He, he had meat to eat that they knew not of. And he was on, on, a, on a spiritual on a spiritual diet, if you will, that that time. And it was one on one. Jesus also speaks of leaving the 99 and going after the one. Think of that service and that ministry of going after one. Just just one on one in our service. The simplicity of service in the Lord. Let us, we, we need to think about that. We need to consider that. You know, we do not have to be the center of attention to get the attention of our Lord and Savior. And what we do, we must do for Christ's sake. It must be for Him. We must be in line that, that what we do, we always have an eye on our Lord in everything that we do. You know, I have seen men leave the pulpit of a church before. And there was no split. There were no problems. There was nothing ugly. Everything was fine. God just called them away, maybe. But then I saw other men get up and walk out pretty much right behind him. And there were no problems that they were standing up for, for the man. They were just gone. Maybe they needed to go because maybe their service wasn't to the Lord as it should be. It's a it's a great thing to examine why we do what we do. We must constantly be motivated by what it is that we're supposed to be doing. Christ is not interested in what we do until what we do is because of our interest in him. Some people 
would, would, would attempt to, to want a position for people to see them doing something. That for, for the idea of status. And, the, and, and that's a time to just back up and maybe leave what we're doing because it should be for the Lord. That's why we, serve. we should be moved, motivated, and placed by Him in whatever position we serve in. Always with our eyes on Him in all we do. When we're doing our service for the Lord, no small service exists. There's not anything that any of us wouldn't do whenever we're serving the Lord, whenever we're motivated by Him in what we do. Let's also look at the simplicity of the success. He says, Verily I say unto you, He shall in no wise lose His reward. Remember, He's talking about giving a cup of cold water to those of a humble estate... As a little refreshment, and truly, I say to you, you will not lose your reward for that. I'm afraid that success, as viewed by man, is not in line, more often than not, with success as viewed by God. The Lord is tallying a record of rewards for gifts of a cup of cold water. There's something reserved for you in heaven for the smallest, most simple act that you do for and to someone else. Many people quit serving for no thank yous or a lack of thank yous. And don't get me wrong. I believe we all can be serving for the right reasons and And a little encouraging word is exactly what someone needs in their position of service. And and it lifts them. I had to learn that, but I see that. And I believe we all need that from one another. By the way, that can be our little cup of cold water to someone else. Encouraging them in their faithful, hard service as they work in the Lord. But to only... Be serving for the acknowledgement, for a thank you, or because you can't detect the blessings from the service that you're a part of. To think too hard about that and examine too much in that, looking for the productivity in it. And the whole time, there's an accumulation of rewards that are being restored for you, that are being stored up in heaven for you for the faithful service that you're a part of. It's, it's a matter of keeping our focus on Him and not on things around us. We serve Him because we want to serve Him, because we love Him, because He gave His life for us. And that's what we want to do in return to Him. It doesn't earn a salvation. But after we're saved, we are saved unto these little works that we're doing, such as a cup of cold water. Blessings do come now for the simple servant, for the simple servant. But the best thing of all that we're going to receive are the eternal rewards in heaven for what we have done here on earth. And think about what's collecting. You know, granddaddy was... 
he could be a little, little hard on me sometimes. And he said, you know, you're probably going to have a lot less rewards in heaven than you think when they're examined and when they're tried and for the motive and the reason why you did them. But then again, I'm going to share it with them in heaven. Then again, just for a cup of cold water, given the right motive, the right attitude, there's a reward for that in heaven. Maybe we're storing up more than we realize sometimes. Amen? All right. Examining this and thinking about this, you know, we need to be faithful and let the Lord decide what successful service is in His book, according to His record. We need to be faithful in service and doing what we do with the right motives that I believe we can be shaped with by the simple words that we've shared tonight. What we do have a guide in this, though, and, and, and what we can find in this is the fact that, you know, the the situation with our service, it's not about serving with a crowd around. It's about serving with a true care, a genuine care that the Lord gives us for someone else. It's not for attention of other Christians. It's to give attention to other Christians. That's our reason. And that's what we're doing when we're rightly serving the Lord. And when we're doing what we're doing to give our attention to other Christians, to serve them, that gets the attention of Christ. And he's the one that's the record keeper. And he's the one that is storing up for us. As I was thinking about a few things concerning this topic, I have underlined it in my Bible, and maybe you do also, Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 10, which says, For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which ye have showed toward His name, in that ye minister to the saints and do minister. Wow, that, that, that powerful service of love. That, that, that love that fills our heart that only comes from above. And that's what motivates us. That's what moves our feet towards someone else in a position and a, and a place of service to them. But it's not only love that we find in this service. There, there's a reaping that's going to happen in our service to the Lord. And Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 says, Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap... If we faint not, there might be some reaping in this life here and there of some things. There's going to be the ultimate reaping of what we receive if we won't grow weary. And it's going to be in heaven in these eternal rewards that we get when we get tired in our service. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, physically tired, it says, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I know a lot of people that have served the Lord faithfully for many years. And they really, they really, when they get up in, in some senior years, they really can't get up and, and go or want to go to the restaurant or, or, or want to go somewhere to have fun. But, but they'll, they'll be in God's church house. 
and they'll be at some kind of ministry where they can serve the Lord. It's it's a strength, and I've seen preachers that that can hardly sit in their chair and and and, and keep their breath or, or or keep their mind straight, but they get up in the pulpit and. And they can just preach on and on and on. What a wonderful thing that God will renew our strength for His service. To be able to serve Him. He'll, he'll give us a new jump start, if you will. He recharges our batteries. He gets, gives us what we need so that we can go give a little one a cup of cold water. What, what a great thing to do to stop sometime and, and to examine what success in serving the Lord is. It's loving and caring for others the way the Lord has loved and cared for you and I. To pass that on, for that to go through you and I to someone else. And that key, that will keep us in line with all of these simple steps of service in the Lord. In closing, what I, what I found written here, it sounds like someone that has examined themselves... And what's written is, you know, Lord, how I serve you with great emotional fervor in the limelight. You know how eagerly I speak for you at the women's club. You know how I effervesce when I promote a fellowship group. You know my genuine enthusiasm at a Bible study. But how would I react, I wonder? If you pointed to a basin of water and asked me to wash the callous feet of a bent and wrinkled old woman day after day, month after month, in a room where nobody saw and nobody knew. This is not to discourage any of us considering the faithful hard work that we find here in the church that that is always done but but what a beautiful examination the lord loves us so much that he wants our service to count for as much as possible so he gives us in his loving word you and i what we need to to examine the motive and wonder why we're serving or igniting us into greater service whatever the case may be I don't know what God may be doing to move on your heart tonight, but we'll close with the words of Jesus again and we'll have an invitation. And it says, and whosoever shall give to drink unto one of these little ones a cup of cold water only in the name of a disciple, verily I say unto you, he shall in no wise lose his reward. He gave his life for us. That we might have eternal life with Him. He suffered and He bled and He died and He was raised again. And He paid the penalty for our sins. And and if we just trust in Him by faith, He saves us from our sins. And He takes us home to heaven one day to eternally be with Him. And then, but And while we're here, if we so much as resemble the little acts of kindness... From our Lord and Savior, even in giving a cup of cold water, He's not only going to take us to heaven, He has an inheritance, He has rewards that He's stacking up for you and I there. I've I've never had the thought that anyone should trust in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior 
for the rewards. We learn about that after we serve Him. But maybe you're here tonight and, and we can't even go there to that point. We can't even go to the idea of serving Him for rewards because you haven't received God's salvation in Jesus Christ. You haven't been born again. You couldn't tell me how to get to heaven. If you can't, that, that should concern you because there's a way and that way is through Jesus Christ. It's not through attendance to church. It's not through religion. It's not through doing the best that we can. It is through a personal relationship with Jesus, coming to know Him, seeing your need to have Him save you from your sins, to for Him to be your personal Lord and Savior. Do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior tonight? If not, you're about to have an opportunity to trust in Him for that eternal life that He gives. If you're here and you are saved and you're in a position of service, and maybe the Lord has spoken to you in some way that that is needed tonight, then, then this is a time that you can take to give it to Him. Let us close in a word of prayer. My Father in heaven, Lord God, we come to you this evening. Lord, I thank you so much for your good word. I thank you for a day of life that you've given us, Lord. I thank you for the many blessings that you bestow upon our lives. Lord, for to have salvation, to be true brothers and sisters spiritually in Christ and have that, that kindred spirit and knowing one another in this fellowship. Dear God, if there's one here tonight that does not know truly your saving grace, we pray that they would come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior for the forgiveness of their sins. Dear God, guide us in our service. Examine our motives. Lord, as good as many are doing and may be doing, Father, you, you'll even guide us better, Lord. When we serve, may we serve with, with our eye on you, Lord. I want to thank you for the opportunity to serve you. I thank you for your word and what it's going to accomplish here tonight. We ask these things in Jesus' name. If you all